Welcome to the Rock of Bay County, Florida, where our vision is to be a multi-generational gathering, moving as one body to bring the glory of Yahweh to this beautiful county and to all the earth. We hope you are encouraged and blessed as you listen to this message. And I love him, and I love you guys, and can't wait till we're all back together. So let's start there. Let me remind you this morning, May 31st is our target date. Yay. May 31st is where we're, where I believe Holy Spirit, the date that I believe Holy Spirit has put in my heart. And I'm telling you, there's been moments, I was close, if you asked my wife just yesterday, I almost sent a text to the entire staff to say, we're going to do this tomorrow. I just feel it. We're going to do this. I was walking into stores and they were closed and I was frustrated with the fact that they were closed and I was just like, God, I wanted my kids to be able to run on a splash pad, but they can't because that's closed, can't go to the park, all these things. And I was like, you know what? It's time to open the Rock of Bay County, pull out my phone. And Eva said to me, remember not to act out of haste or frustration. And, and, it, and it hit me again. And so right now, our target date, what I believe Holy Spirit put in my heart is May 31st, and that's going to be a great day. I want you to, if you, if you, every time you talk to somebody from here, if you shoot people texts, just, just let them know, like, hey, we are gathering again May 31st, and I want to say about that date, we are not, I, I don't, I don't exactly know how this is going to look. I, I will, I will honor the wishes of, of, um, of the governor, of the mayor, or the president. I'm not trying to act out of lawlessness at all. But I'm not going to be super personally, personally not, if you want to come and hug me, I want to hug you. If you want to shake my hand, I want to shake your hand. I want to high five you, all of those things. However, if you lean on the other side and you don't want any of those things, do not feel bad about that. It doesn't, there's, there's a, if, you, if, you, if this is next year and there's no, coronavirus and all that kind of stuff and you just don't want to shake someone's hand like that just let them know like hey I love you but I you know flu season or whatever else that's okay like some people are a little bit more like that than others and I do not want this we're not coming in here to make some political statement and and I've seen like I've said I've seen a lot of churches come in and make this statement well we are not we're this is where it's our right to be able to gather you're going to shut down churches no 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 that we're going to make this statement. Not saying that Yahweh doesn't utilize those people to spark some things. So, so, don't, so don't, don't make me, don't, don't put me in this box of saying that I'm, I'm telling you that that's wrong. I don't know what Holy Spirit spoke to them and I trust Holy Spirit spoke to them, make a statement, do something like that. For this house, for this family, we're not making a political statement. If you show up in masking gloves, I, let me know if somebody says something to you. That would really upset me. Because if you feel that that's what, that's what you need to do to protect yourself, you, you, you should feel safe here. We're going to come and we're not going to be awkward. Maybe we'll remove rows. Maybe we won't. Right now, the only thing I have is that we're going to gather May 31st. I haven't even talked to Regina or my mom or Renee. I'm assuming that we're going to have children's ministry. I'm not going to look that way because I don't want to see anything other than yes and amen, Mark. Um, but if you, if you feel weird about your kid being in there, if you feel weird about that, either keep them with you in service or, you know, or, or, or you don't have to come 
we want you to come. We want everybody to come, but I want you to know that there is not going to be any kind of judgment, any kind of awkwardness. I want to come back. I, I don't, one of the biggest things I didn't want to do is to come back in here and have to do this awkward thing that we here, these guys, we all did for probably two months or a month and a half or whatever, where we just kind of like, all of us are sitting here thinking like, man, I, I just want to give you a hug. I want to high five you. I want to do it. But then we were so worried. And so we're like, how do we, you know, stay away? And it was just weird and it's okay. But I don't want that this service when we come together to be, we just need like some shirts that say like some people can wear them and say, don't touch me. And the other one says, I'm all good. Like, yeah, just get, let's make some stickers that say don't, it's like a red and a green sticker. If it's red, don't touch them. If it's green, give them a hug. It's all good. Some people might not even be scared of the virus and just slap on the red. Just telling you that's how some people are. But I, I want you to know, like, we are not coming together because of any other reason except for I believe Holy Spirit has guided us into this place. I want that to be said. If anybody says, well, where, did you hear, you know, someone say, like, what, 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 what's the reason that y'all are deciding the 31st? It's because we believe that Holy Spirit is guiding us, releasing us to, to gather again at that day, at that date. The, the worst thing we could ever do is act outside of the guidance of Holy Spirit act out of haste, act out of fear. And if, if there's anything else that we learned throughout this pandemic, we have got to understand that the only thing, the only thing that will keep us relevant, that the only thing that will keep us on the path and keep us, uh, keep us holy set apart is holy set apart spirit, is holy spirit in our lives and being guided by that. Um, I, I, I was thinking, um, you see these on social media, on, on Facebook, um, we put out, we put out uh, posts, cool graphics with a picture and a word, and there's text on there from usually a message that has been spoken either in the past or recently out of this house. Joanne Jackson, of course, is the one that does that, and I encourage you, if you see those, give them a share, give them a like, not because we're trying to promote the rock, but we want to promote what Holy Spirit has given. What a way to spread. Let's stop spreading the virus and the fear and start putting that out there, the kingdom. Spread that across. It, it works just as effectively. And so I, uh, so I, I, she shared something recently and it, it's, when she's been sharing a lot of the, a lot of what she shared has, has come from the recent messages because it's really, it's relevant to today, especially in a time like this, but randomly, I, not randomly, I'm sure it's by the spirit, but she shared something about the sword. It, uh, it showed a, a sword and talking about laying down your sword, which really comes from a message I spoke a long time ago. I've spoken it probably a couple times because I think it's so relevant, but it just rejogged that story in my mind about today and to slow me down in the haste because what that story is about, what we're, it's talking about David when he's getting initially chased by Saul and he's, he's super worried. He's freaked out. He's already defeated Goliath. He's gone through all that stuff, all these amazing things. He comes into a place where he's being chased down. He's fearing for his life. He comes into this temple where he meets the priest, Ahimelech. And Ahimelech is, uh, is, is trying to figure out why David's there, where's Saul, all these things. And, and David goes into fear mode, lies about everything. And he starts to ask him about, do you have a sword and spear or, or spear here? He, I'm coming uh, on behalf of the king, but do you have a sword or spear available? Which is such a, it's so interesting. If you look, if you go back just a couple chapters when he fights Goliath, 
when he fights Goliath. It wasn't much of a fight, but he, he steps onto that battlefield. And, the, and what, what, uh, what he says, the words he chooses to say to Goliath is that you fight with spears and swords, but I come by the word of Yahweh. That, that was his truth. That was his reality in that day. And there's nothing that can grow you up in the natural. Remember, we're called to be childlike. David's this young boy at that time. What, what we are depicted as a young man in this field, being anointed by Samuel. You know, his brothers, you know, are, are so much better than him. He's, he's not qualified. He's just this rugged young kid. And, and he's brought into this place where he's fighting this massive giant. Won't take the armor of yesterday, but just trust that the word of Yahweh is enough because it's gotten me through lions. It's gotten me through bears. It's gotten me through all the troubles and trials of my secret place. So I know that it's enough. But when fear just starts to get in and you let a little bit, remember just a little bit, not, it's not going to come in the, in the form of just all fear. We, we can be fearful. We can get scared. That happens. I got scared last night. I came upstairs. Eva was in bed and I got up and I, I used the restroom. I turned to go this way, but all the lights were off. And I just looked over there where she and Mila were laying in the bed, knowing they're asleep, turn around. And I feel someone touch me on my back. And I dropped to my knees like, oh, like, I mean, super scared. And Eva had just gotten up and turned around and touched me. Does that mean I'm in sin because I'm fearful? <laughs> no. No, we get, we experience the emotion of fear, but it's that root of fear that starts to grow you up and make you not approach things childlike. So David comes into a place where he meets Ahimelech. He's in super fear, super stress, maxed out, does not know. He's not acting like David in this moment. He's not acting like the, the mighty king we've come to know and the, the secret place lover that we know uh, in David's story. He's acting out of complete fear and he says the words, do you not have a spear or sword here? So he's just, the Bible's showing you that in one day, in one age, he trusted the word of Yahweh, that was enough. And he used the words, you come with a spear and sword. In another day, because things look just a little bit different. Hey, in the hurricane, yeah, the presence was enough. We're good. Like I, I, trust, I trust that we're gonna get through this. My business is gonna be okay. My life's gonna be okay. My house might be ruined, but I'm telling you there's gonna be a nice insurance check that comes in or Yahweh's gonna guide me in some kind of way. And the presence and the family and the tribe, that's enough for me. If we're in the rain, if we're in, in cold weather, I don't care. We don't have to have a building. The presence is within me and I just wanna be around family, break bread with them, speak to them. And, and that presence, that family, that thing Yahweh has given me uh, to has, is enough. But this is the pandemic and it's not just Bay County. We're talking about the world. And you know what? There's some crooked people behind the scenes that are messing with all this stuff. And this has become a political fight and slowly they're taking our rights away. This is not like the hurricane. Or is it the same thing cloaked in a different issue? Is it not just another moment, what I would say opportunity to trust wholly in Yahweh? And so, so David comes, where's the sword or spear? Do you have a sword or spear, Ahimelech? And he, and he goes, yes, I do. See, 
I love this story so much. Thank you, Joanne, for putting that back out there and reminding me of this. But he, the sword and spear, it, it's so significant. And I had never seen this or heard this until Holy Spirit revealed it to me as I was reading this story. And he says, he says yes, I do. It's there behind the ephod. It's not just any sword. It's the sword you used to kill Goliath. I'm sorry. I thought that you said you don't kill with a sword. I, I thought, David, you said what, what the right response could, should have been in that moment to, to Himelech is like, dude, I never killed that man with a sword. I don't know if you ever heard my famous words on the battlefield that everybody has put memes out there about and quoted and tweeted and shared. But what I said was, I come by the word of the Lord. And that's why that man died. Because I trusted in the word of Yahweh. I might have cut his head off with this sword, but that was not the thing that I used to kill Goliath. But he says, there it is. Behind the ephod. If you know about the ephod in David's story, I did not mean to speak this long about it, but it feels good, so I'm just going with the story, all right? If you know about the ephod, and this is, never mind. If you know about the ephod in David's story specifically, the ephod in the Old Testament was bad to the bone anyways. It was something, though, that was, it set that person apart. David always used it as a place. If it, there's many times after, you, after this part in the story that you read David takes the ephod in the biggest difficulties, in the biggest time of testing or trials or things coming against him. And he, he's, it's, wait a second, guys. I know you're about to chop my head off. Give me just a minute. And he goes and he wraps himself in the ephod because what it signified is that first the natural, then the spirit. He, he comes in and he wraps himself in the ephod and he sets himself apart and he says, Yahweh, you show me the way. And there's some transformation in that day where David comes out. He has every bit of wisdom and knowledge and, and ridiculous. I mean, this dude was not a warrior, yet he was one of the greatest warriors that ever lived. He was one of the greatest conquerors, but he was a lover. It would be someone like the heart of Benjamin. Someone who you would see in tears more you would see than you would see in anger. More that you would see in presence than you would see in anything else. One that would get up here and would, could go for hours and hours on end because he's just a lover of the presence of Yahweh. He's got a heart of David. He's a worshiper. It would be like someone like him being able to have the ability to wipe out entire armies through amazing, uh, amazing war tactics. It's unheard of. David was not that kind of guy. So David... David comes to the place and he says, where, where, where is, do you have a sword or a spear? Ahimelech says, actually, we do have one. It's there behind the ephod. <laughs> we, we, the choice, peace and rest, fear, anxiety always has the ability. Days like this have always have the ability always have the ability to blind you from what's right there attainable and available for you. 
It's that potent. That's why I say that if the pandemic has taught us anything, when we come back together, when things start to go back to normal, I just challenge us, I challenge me today, let's not get frustrated. I agree. In the natural, I agree that I feel like some things are being taken away that shouldn't be taken away. I feel like we should have some choices about some things. I think some things are overblown. I think some things are real. I think it's all a bunch of mess on both sides is what I actually think. But he's still faithful and he still surrounds me and he's still within me and he still has his favor on me and he still loves me and he's still for me, he's still with me. And that's really the only truth in this time that I need to subject myself to. So I'm not gonna blind myself to the fact that that's available when he says, hey, there's a sword behind that ephod, behind the day of peace, behind the day of, of rest, there is, there is a sword. And it, it, it's an amazing sword. It's the one you use to kill Goliath. David's response is, bring it to me. There's none like it. David doesn't fight anybody in that time. But 83 men lose their lives. I think at least. I could be off on those numbers, but it's at least that. Ahimelech, the priest who tells him that, is killed as well. David runs and hides with that sword. David didn't even utilize that sword. There's no record of David carrying Goliath's sword anymore. In fact, the only record that follows that is David learning afterwards of all the lives that were lost because of his inability to see what he was called to in a generational moment to say, I'm called to the ephod, not the sword. The sword worked in one day and it might've been a tool even that I used in that day, but I am called to peace. I'm called to rest. I'm called to deal with things a different way than anybody else before me has gone. There's not a formula here, there's a presence. In this day, there's not a formula, there's a presence. In this day, there's not a formula, there's a Holy Spirit. There's a need to be set apart and subject our lives to the holiness of the Spirit, the truth of the Spirit. So David, he, he runs away, he learns from Ahimelech's son who escapes the slaughter and you know what Ahimelech's son brings him? The ephod. He goes down into the valley where finally Saul believes he's caught David and his life's over. I'm ending this thing right now. He's in a worse situation actually than he was when he was in the temple. He was in a more dangerous scenario, no way out. And he's put his back up against the wall and there's nothing, no other way And he's seeing everything around him fall. And he says, bring the ephod here. And David, his story is not ended there. It goes on for many testimonies. Many amazing things are done from that moment. And he learns in that moment that Yahweh delivers him, not his sword. And so today, this is almost like an intro. I I, I apologize. (laughs) I apologize, but this is like an intro because all, 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 all we need to know is that this is not the day of the sword. But that does not mean there's not trials that come. 
doesn't mean that we're not going to be put in situations. We're called to be a people of presence, a people that are directed and guided by the word of the Spirit. It's not by my might, not by my power, but by the Spirit of Yahweh. And we are guided by Holy Spirit. And so that's why I want to make it, I want to shout it from the rooftops. I want people to know if they ever have question about us coming back together or how we do things, I can tell you this, it's not out of dishonor. It's not a political statement. I could care less about any of that crap. And I feel like really, I'm sorry. Um, I, <laughs> I love Miss Shirley, but every time I say something like that, I think of Miss Shirley. And I'm like, and I have to apologize. But... Uh, <laughs> But it's not about any of those things. It is that this house, this place, this place, this man, I can only do this. I, <laughs> there is no other way for me to ever do this. To carry what Yahweh has asked me to carry, for you to carry what Yahweh's asked you to carry, for this house to carry what I believe Yahweh's. We're, we're at the beginning friends like this is the beginning we've been through a lot but I believe there's an extreme reason why we've been through what we've been through that I want to talk about a little bit more today but this is all about how we respond and I live in response to Holy Spirit we have to we have to see every situation that we come to as it's my time to live in response to Holy Spirit I was going to go through and 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 kind of uh I was going to review some things. I'm not going to do that. For time's sake, I'm not going to review some things. But I do want to say this. I get it. I, I, I know that it's not like fun all the time to plug in a podcast and to listen to a word. But I want to challenge this house. Because it's Holy Spirit is speaking to me about these things. When I'm in my office, I ask these two people right here. My wife and my best bud, Benjamin. My brother, Benjamin. They, you can talk to me on Friday. It's not that Yahweh and Holy Spirit's not speaking to me throughout the week, but there will be a, a Friday. I have no idea. I'm not sitting here just getting all this stuff. Holy Spirit is so faithful in the most ridiculous moments to come and speak a word to me. And I almost think he blinds me to anything until really my back's against the wall. <laughs> until I come to a place of saying, Yahweh, what do you want to speak today? Yeah, I can, I can go from my notes. I, I don't really know what, show me something. Unfortunately, sometimes that comes Saturday at 2 a.m. or it might come Sunday at 11.15, but he speaks to me. And I just want you to know that this has nothing to do with me, my word, or the tribe. It has to do with Holy Spirit. It has to do with what he's speaking to us. And if we have joined ourselves to each other, you've joined yourself to me, you've joined yourself to this house and this day, not yesterday, but today, and you're a part of this tribe, then I think it just is, is if, if we're gonna subject ourselves to the spirit of truth, if we're gonna subject ourselves to, the, to this life, we have to make the decision. Do we wanna be a good churchgoer? which I'm not saying that's bad. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for giving and supporting this ministry and allowing us to do, but there's gonna be, be a part of this tribe, if I'm hoping all of this tribe, that's, that says I'm completely all in. And if there's a word spoken to this house, I might not understand it. I might not want it to be playing in my car for so long, but I'm gonna. And I'm saying this to myself, like I'm gonna play the, the, the podcast. 
I'm going to do those things because there's such life that Holy Spirit is giving in this, specifically in this time, all throughout, but specifically in this time about him revealing himself. You realize that's what's going on. Holy Spirit has revealed himself. We've always known about Holy Spirit. And if you go back, I'm sure you could listen to messages by Apostle Paul and other men that give amazing revelation of Holy Spirit. Probably that even match up with some of the stuff I'm saying. But I'm saying today, the message that Yahweh is giving, that Holy Spirit is giving me about himself is the most relevant thing to this house and and me. So please go back. We've talked about the spirit of truth. We've talked about reality, that which is sought. We've, we've talked about one of, to me in this time, one of the most important things, which is the, uh, is the ability to, to discern. I'm going to cover this real quick because I think it's, it's important, but the ability to discern. Remember Yahweh talked to me about the lion, and there's the lion of Judah is what I thought of when he said that the Lion of Judah, which is Yeshua, spoken about in Revelation. And then it also, it also uh, talks about the enemy, Satan, as a roaring lion, lion on the prowl looking for someone to devour. And the Bible tells us why we need Holy Spirit is not to, is not to make this about, see, we, this is what I'm talking about with holiness is not legalism. Holiness is not about a law. And, and we have to understand that Holy Spirit isn't in our lives for us to determine what's right and what's wrong. Though he might put that in, that, that might be a part of it, right? Like you might know, like this is not right, you know, and, that, and, that's, and that's wrong. You know, that, that we, we, might, we might be, have some of that, but it's so much deeper and we miss it because we make it about that. So we put this list of standards, we put this list in our minds and in our hearts of what someone should do, what someone shouldn't do, how they should speak, how they shouldn't speak. And again, all of those things might be right, but it's not about right or wrong. There, it's about, the Bible says you need Holy Spirit to discern between good and evil, which is different than right and wrong. Like I said, you could be a very good man and not do everything the right way. Good meaning you can be a righteous man. You can be one, I'm one. I don't do everything right. Don't back me up, Eva, but I don't do everything right. And I, and, and, but I'm a righteous man. I know that my heart is right. I know that I'm, I'm, I'm a good man. I'm not an evil man. I know my heart's right. But I don't do everything right all the time. I do stupid stuff. I, I make mistakes. But, I, but this, is, this is who I am. If you, if you know me, if you sense me by the Spirit, if you discern me, no matter if you agree with everything I say and do, you should be able to say, but that's a good man. He's, on, he's, the, he's good. But there's evil people. Man, in this day, there are evil people in this world, in Hollywood, in, in, uh, in, in, in po- the politics, in the Republican Party, in the Democrat Party, in the people that are undecided, in uh, your best friends that you, know, you go to school with or people you work with. There can be evil people. And I'm, this is not scaring. It's, it's, it's biblical knowledge to understand how to utilize the discernment of Holy Spirit because it's vital. It's not that we subject ourselves to evil it's not that we elevate the enemy it's that we understand and we have within us the ability to discern between not right and wrong but good and evil don't be deceived by someone who is sitting in a seat of evilness is sitting in a seat of the uh, of of i i um an evil i'm not saying that they just walk around and have you know pitchforks and they're evil evil but people that are not of the same spirit they have a different agenda and they do really good things 
Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Doesn't mean they're just this horrible, bad person. They might be doing good things, but are they godly or ungodly? And the blessed man doesn't walk in that counsel. He doesn't need their Instagram follows. He doesn't need anything that, to, to, to guide his life. I don't need to read your blog. I don't need to, to listen to your latest video. I understand that there's people that you, that you like or whatever. And if you're talking about how to run a camera or whatever else, but I'm talking about ones that are literally lit, lending their hearts and their minds to counsel how to walk your life out of the ungodly. And, and I know that this is more for a, a younger generation. Well, not really anymore, but like the, the social media plague that we have is such, it, that is, I'm going to tell you right now, that is the counsel of the ungodly in our day. <laughs> you cannot, through the screen and words on a page, know where that person stands. I don't care. They can, they can, they can be a wolf in sheep's clothing easily. That's what Instagram and social media is all about. It's about an image. And I don't care. I love the girls that go on there and they're like, you know, hair's all messed up and coffee. It's just, this is just what I look like. Just trying to be honest and stuff. It's like, no, you're not. You took that picture 75,000 times and finally you landed on one that looks a little bit good, but still is a little bit bad enough for you to put your text out there. I'm not saying that social media is all bad. I'm just saying it can be, and I believe in this day and age, the counsel of the ungodly. Why do I say some things? But the Bible tells us to test the spirits. 1 John 4 tells us that we are to test the spirits. Why? Because of false prophets. See, we want to test the false prophets. But he says to test the spirits because there are false prophets that come. See, we make everything unnatural. I can see it. And I can judge that. That guy right there, he don't sound like me. He don't look like me. And he's got at least 12 tattoos that I know of. Rides a Harley. I'm talking about my (laughs) brother-in-law, Derek. (laughs) I'm just kidding. But they don't look like me. They don't sound like me. They don't, they don't, it's not, it's not me. It's not what I'm used to. It's not the flavor that I'm used to tasting. Therefore, if they say anything to me, that's a false prophet. That's someone who I don't need to listen to their words. It doesn't tell you to test the false prophets. He says, test the spirits. And you know what he says about test? The Bible says about testing the spirits in 1 John 4. He says, I'm going to give you a, a, a way to test them. I'm going to give you a gauge. I'm going to give you a, a, a formula here of how you test the spirits. And I've always read this the wrong way until I felt like there was something there. Again, don't read the Bible. Read the Bible. If you have question of something, it, the, the king, reality of the kingdom is meant to, the whole word means that which is sought. So there's a part there that says, it says the way you decipher between those spirits, the way you're to test those spirits is the one, the spirit that's good, that's of Yahweh, you'll know that because they confess that Yeshua is the son of God. And the way that you know if they're not of Yahweh, of the kingdom, is because they will not confess that Yeshua is the son of God. Pretty plain and simple. But what happens if you're testing the false prophet who's speaking falsities, (laughs) 
who's speaking things that aren't true, that are a lie, that are the counsel of the ungodly, and he is making a declaration or what we think is a confession that, Yeshua, man, you hear it every day. Watch an NFL game, not today because we can't, but when that comes back on, when a basketball game's back on, look, you come up there and, man, yeah, you know, I, I, I'm just, man, I've been, you know, I got my, my awesome trucks, I got my house, I got my, bless my, my wife and my baby and all this kind of stuff, and, man, I'm just going to thank my coaches, I'm going to thank this and Jesus Christ, and then, you know, I'm going to tell you what, then I'm going to, I just like thank my wife and my kids and all these people that my, my, my middle school coach, and remember I said, Jesus Christ. And then I remember the Instagram post I had yesterday of me lifting my hands on the field. It was a great picture of me. It was awesome. And I said, I put a scripture down there. I confess Jesus is the son of God. So this must not be a false prophet. I can listen to him because he believes like I believe, and he looks like I look, and that's who I want to follow after. But go back to the beginning, and it says, test the spirits. How is the spirit going to confess? The word confess actually is a Greek word. That word right there, it's, I, I believe I'm saying this right. It's, I, it's homo geo. Hom, let me, I, I wrote it down. Homologio. Homologio is the word. Homologio. That word means to speak like I speak, to say the same thing. It means to manifest that Yeshua is the Son of God. <laughs> A little bit deeper than confession, because I can confess anything if I'm a false prophet. But if the way I'm to test the spirits is by man, the, who's manifesting or who's speaking the same thing as one who is the son of God, because Christ is within you, his Holy Spirit dwells within you, the kingdom is within you. If my discernment is not looking for what you say, but more about the presence that you carry. You've heard me say that many times. It's not about what I say, it's about the presence that I carry. Half the time, people don't remember anything that I say, but they remember it was an amazing time. Something changed, something shifted because of the presence that you carried, the presence that I carried. So we're called to test the spirits of good and evil. We're there are false prophets. It's not that we fear them. It's that we're so filled with Holy Spirit. Remember Acts 2 to Acts 4. I guess I am going to do a review. Acts 2 to Acts 4. In Acts 2, these people are being filled in the upper room with different tongues, and it's mighty crazy thing. We focus on that, that they were filled and baptized with fire and the Spirit, and it was this amazing upper room moment that we talk about in Acts 2, Acts 2, Acts 2. But if you go two chapters later, Acts 4, they're saying, Yahweh, give us confidence to, uh, uh, to, to show your signs and wonders, to manifest some things against the powers that be. Please, Holy Spirit, or please, Yahweh, give us what we need in that moment. Give, and and it, we're, we're asking for confidence to manifest those things. And what happens is the ground starts to shake and they're filled with Holy Spirit. It's because it's not about a one-time thing. It's about continual filling of Holy Spirit. And the continual filling and continually subjection, subjecting, uh, setting yourself apart, holiness to Holy Spirit fills you not to 99.9, .9, but to 100% of Holy Spirit. And you're able to walk in this truth that tells you, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not gauging the spirit, or I'm not gauging the words. I'm gauging the spirit. 
I'm gauging the spirit. I'm called to test the spirits. I'm called to test those that manifest the glory of Yahweh. So until I see you manifest, until I see you, uh, the, 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 the word, the actual translation is the, to speak the same thing. I believe that's exactly the definition, to speak the same thing. It's, it's, it's insinuated that the word is manifest, that you say you are to speak the same thing, not in confession way, that they speak the same, they say speak the same thing as the son of God. So they're manifesting his presence within them. I'm hope, I hope I'm explaining this right. But we have to come to a place where we understand that the only way that we're gonna test between good and evil is by Holy Spirit, which tests the spirit's and does not test the man. But always we've tested the man and we've come up with our idea of the false prophet because we didn't agree with everything they said. (laughs) I don't agree with a lot of things a lot of people say. Really. But you you have to go to this place of knowing. Did Yahweh... did Yahweh manifest himself through that person? was, Was I called to be joined to them not because I agree with everything but because I saw the manifestation of the Son of God in that person and he joined me and he tethered me. You'll have a different perspective on that person, on this tribe, on, on everything else. But you, you have to be able to, to situate yourself and understand that the only way you're going to determine good and evil in this day or right or wrong or what is truth, all that kind of stuff, is to subject yourself to the Holy Spirit, which is going to reveal and test the spirits, the spirit of the matter, those that manifest the glory, those that manifest like Yeshua manifests. It's why we need to lean into the idea that we're called to manifest Yeshua on this planet, on this earth. I'm not talking about anything. One thing. I did, I did want to talk about the confession. Through all of this stuff of Holy Spirit, this is, I'm, I might just touch on this today because well, it's only 11.30. If you were here, 12 is kind of the standard, isn't it? Um, but but when, you, when, you think, when, you think about, when you think about all the revelation that I feel like Holy Spirit has given us about himself lately, you go through all those things, through generational assignment, line of Judah, spirit of truth, all this stuff. To me, what Holy Spirit's speaking to me today about is the most practical mind-clearing revelation of Holy Spirit, and it's his, it's his primary function. Uh, the word's not primary. I would say Holy Spirit's uh, initial, let's say initial function. And the only way we do this is go back and listen or read about Yeshua being baptized when we start to see the manifestation of Holy Spirit on a man. So, he goes and he's baptized in the River Jordan. He comes up, the spirit descends like a dove, like a dove, not a dove, but he descends like a dove, rests upon Yeshua. And in that moment, Yahweh gives Yeshua his beloved identity. The, the heavens shake, he makes this statement, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. He, he says, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. This is, you are, this is everything that, that is me is you and you are me. You are my son. 
You are beloved. I am for you. I am with you. So the initial thing that Holy Spirit is going to do, which we've talked about, this is almost a little review, but stay with me. He's initially going to, as you get filled with Holy Spirit and you continually fill, what's going to continually happen is you're going to be convinced of who you are. If you ever look at somebody, look at somebody that has been in the presence of Yahweh. One of the best, I keep talking about Ben today, but I love this man, but he talks about whenever he talks to you about somebody, he's like, you can just see it on them. They, they've been in the presence. He talks about it all the time. He's like, man, I was talking to this person. I just, they've just been in an encounter. I could just feel it. I could see it. And I was like, Ben, are you sure you weren't the one in the encounter? And it's just like, you see that through everybody right now. But he, he, he says, I need to see it on them. And, and, and there is, in, in someone that is filled with the Holy Spirit, there's a resolve in their eyes. There's a knowing of who they are. Doesn't mean they're walking in everything, right? Doesn't mean everything's going perfectly for them. But if you talk to them, if you listen to them, if you test their spirit, there will be a resolve of knowing who they are. And if you ever see that person at 95%, that resolve won't be fully there. There will be a little bit of doubt and question. I myself, let me get just open with you. Personally, one of my biggest struggles in my natural life is I've always had this identity thing where I don't know my worth. It happens in my, the business world or anywhere I go, I always question my worth in a situation. And as this revelation of Holy Spirit has started to come onto my life and I've started to realize that I can gauge that whole thing when I'm not feeling that worth and I'm questioning things, I can know that maybe I'm about 98% or maybe I'm at 50 or 45 and I need to be filled with Holy Spirit. I need to come to an infilling because what's going to start to happen is when I get to that point, there's a resolve and a knowing this is who you are, that he is for you, that he is with you, that you have beloved identity, that you aren't maybe a son, that you are a son, and that this is our father. But the thing that trips you up after that is there's a reason that you have to have the beloved identity. Because one of Holy Spirit's most challenging attributes in initial functions is to lead you into the wilderness. The Bible says when Yeshua comes up and he's, the the Holy Spirit rests upon him, first he gets beloved identity. Secondly, and pretty much immediately following that, it says Holy Spirit leads him into the wilderness. A lot of translations, but a lot have shifted, but a lot of translations say to be tempted, to be tested, but the correct translations that, um, that a lot of people agree with, and you can definitely read in the Passion Translation and probably others too, but if you research it in those words, it actually says, Holy Spirit leads Yeshua into the wilderness to show his strength. That's a big difference. There's a, there's a big perspective shift on our part. Beloved identity shows you that you're being led into an opportunity to manifest something. Without that, you're actually being led into temptation. You're, you're being led into the test. You're, le- you're being led into your day of trial and difficulty. And you're not able to see that day of trial and difficulty, difficulty rightly. So the primary function of, of Yeshua, the initial function of Holy Spirit is that he's going to give you beloved identity. And then we need to recognize, I think this is so vital, this has helped me, Step two, 
This is in every situation. See, not just the initial, not just that first time you're filled with the Holy Spirit. If we're going to be filled, if we're going to have a word, see, because that's a word. Yeshua, Yeshua receives the word of beloved identity. He's, that's a spoken word to who he is, what he's called to. The Holy Spirit comes in, then tests you against that word. Test gives you opportunity, takes you into your wilderness. Got to see the wilderness for what it is. I have so much on this, so I want to make sure that I'm staying somewhat on track because this is, this is something that I literally, last night, writing forever in, on this stuff, and I want to I be faithful to at least some of the things that I need to speak today. This is why, this, this is what has challenged me in this day, and what I think challenges a lot of people, is we're in the age of peace. You hear that all the time, and, all, and across, you know, this is the kingdom day, this is the kingdom age, it's an age of peace, it's an age of rest. You got to be careful and see that rightly because it does not mean that trials and tribulations, difficulty does not come. It just calls that there, it's, it's just that there has to be a different response. Going back to David and Goliath and David and Ahimelech and David and Saul, there's just two different perspectives. Still a trial, still a difficulty, just two different perspectives seeing that situation rightly. And so Holy Spirit guides you into the wilderness. And if you see that he's guiding you into the wilderness, you can be in the, in the wilderness and in the age of peace at the exact same time. You can be in the wilderness and be in the age of peace at the exact same time. Going back to our original uh, uh, story of Yeshua being baptized, do, no one in here, and I believe no one out there, could argue with me that Yeshua had all authority when he entered into this planet. Before that, before the beginning of time, he was the lamb, the lamb that was slain before the foundations of the world. Like he, had, he was the son of God when he was born to the Virgin Mary. He, he had all of that authority. But we don't see a manifestation of that authority. We don't see a manifestation of his ministry, of, his, of all of these things that we read about until he receives Holy Spirit. Because Holy Spirit is the essential ingredient, an essential ingredient to unlock the manifested authority that we are called to walk in. Outside of Holy Spirit, it'll be ineffective. And I truly, this might be stretching it a little bit, but I thought about this. Everything, you, you, you know, <laughs> you know, I know, and it's weird, this is really weird, but are you not tested by your word? Natural things. Like insignificant, seemingly. This year, 2020, I'm going to be ripped. I'm going to not be fat. I'm not going to eat chocolate chip cookies every single night. I'm going to be one way. This is what I'm going to do. And you put that out there, and your mom or your wife or somebody comes and says, I made you chocolate chip cookies. This is a, like whatever. But I'm saying, I'm trying to make it as insignificant as possible so you can see that even in the insignificance, Holy Spirit is present because you can have that word, that that's what you're gonna do. That's who you're called to be. That's, that is exactly, I know this, I declare this, I'm gonna speak that into existence. And as soon, I just believe it's, it's one of those laws of the kingdom. I believe that, and I can show you soon, biblically, that this is true, but that when you declare something, 
That's why we need to be careful about our declaration. It doesn't mean we need to be paranoid. We need to go through the trials, but we need to understand that if we're going to make a declaration, if we see it as, okay, if I am called to this, if I'm to step into this, if I'm going to put this out into the atmosphere, if I've been given a dream about this or I'm seeing this in someone, make sure that it is time for you to be shown an opportunity to test that word because it will come. We were given authority just like Yeshua when we came to this planet. Before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. There was a plan and a call to prosper you and to put you in situations to manifest the kingdom of Yahweh. We were given that authority, but it's not manifested until Holy Spirit comes into our lives, until we're baptized into that spirit and we allow him to manifest that in every single thing that we walk through. Holy Spirit is the essential ingredient to manifest that authority. Otherwise, it will fall and never be effective. I have not worked out at all this year. I'm terrible about it. Well, Mark, do I really need uh, Holy Spirit power to lose weight? You're gonna use some kind of power, willpower or Holy Spirit power. One way or the other, there's going to be something. And I'm, I'm telling you, this, is, this seems, I'm, I'm sure there's people right now that are laughing at me about this, but I'm telling you this, I am choosing in everything. Maybe I don't need to, but I am in every little aspect of my life from every little thing that I do to live in Holy Spirit power. I don't want, I don't want just this this political side of my life to be knowledge-based and willpower-based and this side over here that involves church and messages to be spirit-filled. Or my finances, let me just Google how to make sure I manage this properly, read all this stuff, use the financial stuff I got in school, whatever, and experiences and all that stuff, that's all fine. But, But coming over here and subjecting myself to Holy Spirit that says, I know that I have an authority as a kingdom son within me. I need Holy Spirit and his power. And remember, not by might, not by power, not by my might, not by my power, but by the spirit of Yahweh in every aspect of my life, I wanna subject myself to Holy Spirit. Why? Because that's the only way I'm gonna fully manifest the complete authority that I was called to walk in. Yeshua is not Yeshua as we know him until the manifestation of Holy Spirit starts to take place in his life. And he receives that through the water baptism and the baptism of, of Holy Spirit. And he walks that thing out. And it's the same thing with us. In every aspect of our lives, I believe we need to, we have uh, 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 an assignment on our lives to do that because there will be trials. This is what I'm saying is, if you believe that we're in the age of peace and you hear people talking about rest and authority and you, you, you hear Holy Spirit speak to you a word and you know, you know something about yourself, you know that this is right, you, you know that you're in the age of peace and some kind of trial comes and takes you off your pedestal, you're gonna look at that as condemnation and you're doing something wrong. Does this make sense to you few people I have in here? There's a word, I'm going I'm to read out of Matthew 13. If you have your Bibles at home, I want you to see this. So, so that's where I'm going. Matthew 13, I don't know, somewhere. I'll find it in just a second. Um, Matthew 13, 20 and 21, that's what it is. But there, there's, a, there's a word that has got to be married to an action, that has to be married to Holy Spirit action. 
I, I thought about recently about the, remember when we talked about Juneteenth? Y'all remember that Juneteenth, the, the holiday where we got together and it was, it was, it was June, June 19th, hence Juneteenth. But it's about when, you, uh, when, when the Emancipation Proclamation was signed and made a mandate and that the, the, the paper was signed, it was good to go, that slavery was abolished and that was, that was it. We're not doing that anymore. But it wasn't until two years later on June 19th when uh, General Granger rode into Galveston, Texas, and he initiated the Emancipation Proclamation. The, the authority in that letter was always there, but it took the activation in our situation, the activation of Holy Spirit. If you think about the story of Jezebel, I was speaking to someone recently about the story of Jezebel, and you know that Elijah in that time made the declaration that Jezebel, she had a horrible death, but it, it, that Jezebel would die and that the dogs would eat her flesh. He made that declaration, but it took a man in the form of Jehu who's just a baller. (laughs) Jehu to ride in and say, I'm not just going to get another prophetic word. I'm going to activate that word. You know, we want the next prophetic word without first activating the word that we had. And there's gonna be Holy Spirit's that essential ingredient because in that word is all authority. Hope I'm explaining this. In that word is all authority, but with Holy Spirit, he will activate that thing. He will put something on that that gives you the beloved identity, leads you into wilderness, leads you into trials and tribulations and things that come because of that word. I'm gonna read this because I'm basically reading it. Uh, Matthew 13, 20 and 21. Yeshua says this. He's talking about the parable of the sower and I'm not gonna read through all that, but he says he's, he's giving his disciples some, some understanding and in verse 20, he says, but he who has received the seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Sounds pretty good. He receives it with joy, yet he has no root in himself, beloved identity, walk through Holy Spirit. He has no root in himself, but endures for a while for when tribulation and persecution or persecution arises, why? Because of the word. How significant is that little passage right there? In this day, the word's given. It's who you are. It's what you're called to be. It's, 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 this is, this is the word. This is what you've put out. This is a declaration that you know by, is by the spirit about children about you and you make that declaration and you all of a sudden see these trials and tribulations come and you're like what's going on am I doing something wrong am I sinning and I just feel condemnation that is the that's that's stony ground that's not allowing beloved identity to be rooted in you because those trials and tribulations come because of the word (laughs) I just think that that's the coolest thing ever because of the word we're going to read out of Genesis and I'm going to try to wrap this up fairly soon, but I, I want to continue on my story because this is, to me, I think this is amazing. I want to continue in the story of Joseph. I know we've kind of jumped around, went one place here, one place here, and we haven't really read through the entire story, so today we're going to read through the entire, no, I'm just kidding. We're, we, we want to start at the, at the beginning of Joseph, and I want to reiterate, the reason I'm speaking about Joseph has, has, has less to do because I've just heard the thing about Joseph. 
because Damon said stuff. I feel like we were identified as the tribe of Joseph, and I want to do my, diligent, my due diligence to understand what that actually means and not just rejoice because it's Joseph. That was a cool story back in the day. Like, yeah, I want to know that story. It's our responsibility to understand what does that actually mean because we learned about generational assignment that it actually wasn't even about Joseph, more about Judah and Joseph's generational assignment. But if we think it's all about Joseph and the she's bowing down to him, then we miss the whole point. So I'm, I'm reading through the story of Joseph. I encourage you to read through the story of Joseph and allow Holy Spirit to start to show you some things, to manifest some things in this story. Because before Damon came, I think I might have told you guys this, but I told Damon this. Before Damon came, the week or two before he came and he talked about us being a tribe and about Joseph, I had two words on my heart and I had a lot of these notes not with understanding, but written about Joseph because I thought I was supposed to speak about Joseph because I was hearing the word Joseph. And that's just Holy Spirit preparing my heart for the word that was to come. So now the whole reason I'm reading about this is to, to allow Holy Spirit to manifest some of those things to us. Capiche? All right. So let's start at the very beginning of Joseph's story. <clears throat> Genesis Uh, Genesis 37. Now Jacob dwelt in the land where his father was a stranger in the land of Canaan. This is the history of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was feeding the flock with his brothers. And the lad was with the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives. And Joseph brought a bad report of them to his father. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children. It's a bold statement. Because he was the son of his old age. Also, he made him a tunic of many colors. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. Now Joseph had a dream, and he told it to his brothers, and they hated him even more. So he said to them, please hear this dream which I have dreamed. There we were. I can just see Joseph saying this and them just getting so mad. This kid in his coat of many colors about to tell us his dream he had. There we were, guys. <laughs> uh, there we were, binding sheaves in the field. Then behold, my sheaf arose and also stood upright. And indeed, your sheaves stood all around and bowed down to my sheaf. And his brothers said to him, shall you indeed reign over us or shall you indeed have dominion over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. Then he dreamed still another dream and told it to his brothers and said, look, I have dreamed another dream. And this time the sun, the moon, and the 11 stars bowed down to me. So he told it to his father and his brothers. And his father rebuked him and said to him, what is this dream that you have dreamed? Shall your mother and I and your brothers indeed come to bow down to the earth before you? And his brothers envied him, but his father, I love this. And his brothers envied him, but his father kept the matter in his mind. We have got to understand the power of our word. Because what happens when you release that word into the atmosphere, everything around you, if you can see it rightly, starts to work for your good and the good of that word. Things, people that shouldn't respond the way that they respond, respond the way that they, re they respond differently. Things, it, atmos this is where it is. I'm not gonna say it again because it's just not my day to say this word, but something in the atmosphere shifts. 
something changes by the declaration of a son or a daughter declaring a word. It caused his brothers to hate him even more. And it caused his father to keep the matter in his mind, meaning something about that messed him up in his mind. He made the statement that like, what do you think we're going to bow? It's like, don't be like that, Joseph. Why would you say those kinds of things? But in his mind, he, it was, the matter was still present. And then he does something weird. He says, then, then his brothers went to feed their flocks in Shechem. And Israel said to Joseph, are not your brothers feeding the flock in Shechem? Come, I will send you to them. So he said to him, here I am. Then he said to them, said to him, please go and see if it is well with your brothers and well with the flocks and bring back word to me. So he went, so he sent him out of the valley of Hebron and he went to Shechem. Looking at this, as far as the, the, the actual history of this and, and where these places lie, that was like a four day trip to Shechem. So this was the, his son who he loved more than anything there's no reason for him to send his son by himself who he loves so much who's 17 years old by the way on a four-day journey to go check up on his brothers like that seems weird and I believe I'm I'm, I'm taking some liberties in the story but this is this is what I believe I believe this is Jacob's generational assignment being activated where he now has to make the he he I think Holy Spirit rises up Yahweh comes and and directs Jacob takes that word that Joseph released uh, troubles his mind puts the matter in his mind and he does something that he wouldn't normally do and sends Joseph on a four-day journey after his brothers listen to this verse 15 says now a certain man found him and there he was, wandering, wandering in a field. And the man asked him, saying, what are you seeking? So he said, I'm seeking my brothers. Please tell me where they are feeding their flocks. And the man said, they have departed from here. So I heard, I heard them say, let us go to Dothan. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them in Dothan. What's the point of in, putting this in the story? This is a very obscure, weird thing. What does it matter if Joseph just, if the, the author writes in this story, if they just put this story in, it just says he found his brothers in Dothan. Why do we need to know about this moment in the field where he finds some dude and he just tells him, no, your brothers aren't here, they're in Dothan. There's something significant about this story. He found a certain man wasn't just some man. He found a certain man in Shechem. His father sent him to Shechem. Do you know where Shechem is? If we go back and listen to Apostle Damon's word, Shechem is where Abram built his altar. It's where his father, Jacob, laid his head and dreamed. And it's where Joseph found a certain man in a certain place, in a certain field, which is the same field with, uh, with, with Boaz. It's that same field. It's the same field of David being anointed. Historians believe Joseph found himself in this field in Shechem. And all of a sudden, a certain man randomly tells him, guides him into a different direction. I believe, I can't prove this exactly, but I believe something transpired and that wasn't a certain man. 
I don't even know that that was a man at all. Joseph fumbled. You remember how I've told you in this story, Joseph's not really talked about except for the coat of many colors. There's not a whole lot of talk about the Lord. It doesn't even say that the Lord gave him those dreams. He just dreamed. He was favored by his father, but never this thing by Yahweh. Something took place in that field. I'm going to tell you right now, taking my liberties, something took place with that certain man in that certain place that changed Joseph's course. And it goes back to what I'm trying to tell us, that there has to be, there is going to be a moment when you declare the word of Yahweh out of your mouth about your life. Everything is going to work for your good, but it might not appear good. It might come in the form of a hurricane. It might come in the form of a pandemic. It might come in the form of health issues or relationship issues. You have got to stay filled with the Holy Spirit to recognize these moments. Joseph goes into a certain field with a certain man who leads him to another place. And where did he lead him? Why couldn't the story just have said he went and found his brothers and then they threw him in the pit? This vital part is where Joseph went from, like I said last two weeks, the favor on him to the favor within him. The resolve took place. And from that point on, it's always about, and the Lord was with Joseph. He goes, his brothers recognize him from a far off distance because of what was on him. Again, the goodness of Yahweh, he had favor, the coat on him. The coat itself gave them identifier to call Joseph over to say, oh, let's make this plan to put him in the pit to go through all of this process that leads Joseph on this ridiculous journey, really only because of Judah, for Judah ultimately, and Joseph, but, but this is his assignment. He sees though this whole path, this whole life, this whole thing that he's in, something happens in that field that sends him on a certain journey. And from then, Joseph is Mr. Resolve. He is filled, I believe, filled with the spirit of Yahweh. Every trial, every situation he sees, he shifts everything from seeing it as a trial and tribulation, but he recognizes that this is the word, that this is who I am. This is what I was designed to do. So when Potiphar's wife comes, he says, I'm holy. When Potiphar's wife tries to seduce him out of his glory, he's in resolve. He knows who he is. He knows what resides within him. He knows that this is just another tribulation and trial that I'm called to walk through. And he's able to stay holy and set apart to that word. And we have got to not lose heart in a day like this, in a moment that we come to where things don't pan out right, where we lose life, where we lose heart, where we lose things that should have gone a different way. And understand that this can be, and I guarantee is, a trial and tribulation that comes against your word. It's a strengthening, it's an equipping, and we have to understand that that is why we have got to walk in the fullness of Holy Spirit, the fullness of being filled. We've got to be holy, set apart, not right and wrong and not do everything right, but we've got to be holy, set apart unto the Spirit of Yahweh, subjected completely. I have a lot more to say about this, but if I get started now, we'll be here forever. So I'm just going to stop right here and say to be continued. But if I get anything across to you this morning, I want you to, I want you to be able to recognize this day for what it is. That's why I believe Yahweh is speaking to me about David and the sword and all that kind of stuff. We, there's, there's, there's going to be moments. There's going to be difficulties. There's going to be things that come up that seem, doesn't mean everything's bad. 
Doesn't mean that we always have trials. Doesn't mean, but we need to recognize when those moments come out that it's not necessarily that we've just fallen, that there's something wrong, but that that is actually, the Bible tells us there will be trials, there will be tra- tribulations that are actually attracted to the word within you. It, it's designed, it's by design. And you can be in the age of peace and be in a wilderness. Because on the other side of that, Yeshua comes out, knows who he is, manifests all kinds of signs and wonders and miracles and is the man that we read about today. Amen. Would you guys, musicians, would you come up here? And I just want you, I don't want you to do this long. I want you to go through that last part of the blessing. And I want again to just declare that over the people as we go. Ben, go through it one time, two times, and just give us, just prophesy over us and and send us out. I love you guys. I hope this blessed you. I hope I got everything out. No, it's kind of everywhere this morning, but um, I really just feel that this is such a time to subject ourselves and understand that Yahweh is working all things for our good. It is the goodness of Yahweh that leads men to repentance, to change the way that we think. We need to understand that when we declare something, when he speaks a word about this house, it's our assignment to recognize the goodness all throughout, even if it doesn't feel like it every single time. So again, May 31st, we will be gathering again uh, in this building, looking forward to it. Uh, remind everybody about that. And as we go to this morning, I just want you to, to listen to these guys. Raise your hands. Lay hands on your kids, your wife, your husband, whoever's in your family. Join hands and, and let this not be a song, but a declaration of him being for you, with you, all around you, in every situation in your life. Amen. Love you guys. on the Rock of Bay County, please go to therockofbc.org.